at Slab and to Manana Milkerites on our webpage. You can find that on bbcworldservice.com. I'm Roland Pease, and while those games are over, I can guarantee that next year we will be returning to global warming and its effects again and again and again. Or if you prefer, you can try sleeping it out. Here are some tips from Crowd Science. Okay, I got one. It goes like this. This is Crowd Science from the BBC World Service. I'm Anand Jagatia, and that song is just one of the many ways that the Sami people of northern Norway keep themselves entertained in the middle of a cold, dark Arctic winter with only reindeer for company. We'll be hearing more about the Sami and the dark time, as Norwegians call it, later in the show, because today's episode is all about the power of the sun to affect our health and our behaviour. We're revisiting a question we got sent in 2016 from listener Kira in Philadelphia. She wanted to know why there are morning people and night people. Now, having a preference for being up early with the larks or staying up late like a night owl is something that scientists call your chronotype. And whether you have more of a morning or an evening chronotype is down to the ticking of your internal biological clock or your circadian rhythms. On this edition of Crowd Science, we're going to be looking at stories of how the cycles of day and night can interact with our biology and our circadian rhythms. And here to help us is science journalist and podcaster Linda Geddes. Hi, Linda. Hello. So, Linda, you co-host the BBC World Service podcast Parentland with Mercy Haruna, and your latest book is called Chasing the Sun. And in it, you explore the science of sunlight and how it shapes our bodies and our minds. And one thing I was surprised to learn was that even though today there's all this cutting edge research about light and body clocks, actually human societies have known about the power of the sun for millennia. They did, and then it was forgotten for a long time, and now it's kind of being rediscovered. But yes, you're right. So, you know, the ancient Babylonians, Egyptians, um, the Greeks, the Romans, they all appreciated that sunlight has this impact on our health. Um, So both in terms of our skin, so um, the ancient Egyptians and Babylonians, and I think Indians would put um, plant extracts on the skin and expose it to sunlight and recognise that that was a really powerful way of healing certain skin diseases. Um, And then you've got the Greeks and Romans who pretty much believed sunlight could heal most things. And, you know, Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, advocated sunbathing as a way of curing illness. Um, The Romans thought that it could be used to treat like lethargy, obesity, malnutrition, um, epilepsy, all sorts of these conditions. And then it kind of got forgotten about until Florence Nightingale, actually. And she noticed that in her hospital patients that people kind of sought out the light and and they would turn to face the light and the windows and the sunlight even when lying on that side of their body hurt them because that's where their pain was Um, and she wrote in her notes on nursing that it's it's the unqualified result of all my experience with the sick that second only to their need of fresh air is their need of light and it's not only light but sunlight that they want and Pretty soon after that, um, you know, there was, there was this Danish doctor called Niels Finsen who was actually given a Nobel Prize for his discovery that UV light and, and the UV light in sunlight could heal skin tuberculosis. And then we discovered that 
sunlight enables us to make vitamin D in the skin. And rickets was a big problem at that sort of time. So, you know, because people had, during the Industrial Revolution, you had people flocking from predominantly outdoor work to the cities and then finding themselves in cramped housing conditions. And, you know, there was a lot of smog in the streets, so the sun was kind of covered up and then they got vitamin D deficiency. You know, vitamin D isn't only used by the bones and teeth. Um, One reason why, you know, a big thing in the 1920s was sending people with bone TB or lung TB to these sanatoria, tuberculosis, tuberculosis, yeah, yeah, these sanatoria and, you know, in in the Alps and and exposing them, basically getting to lie out on these big sun decks. To convalesce, I think that's the sort of phrasing you Convalescing in the sun, yeah. And, And what's probably what was happening there is that our immune cells also use vitamin D, um, to produce this antimicrobial um, chemical called catholicidin, and it basically kills the bugs. So if you provide your immune cells with vitamin D, then they become better at killing the bacterium that causes tuberculosis. But then, you know, now now we're learning more and more and more about what the sun does for us. And, yeah. the, and the latest thing, and what most of my book focuses on, is its effect on circadian rhythm.